Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, my name is Christopher Price. Welcome back to another edition of the Patriots Report here on the Believe Network. Coming to you in the wake of the Green Bay Packers 27-24 win over the New England Patriots. What a terrific ball game. Went to overtime, the Patriots lost a ton of guys along the way. But they still hung in there. They almost knocked off Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. They took him to overtime. I know this is a zero-sum game. Look, you win, you lose. Whatever happened, it gets marked down next to your name. But for the Patriots to play most of this one with Bailey Zappi, without Mac Jones or Hoyer, the latter of whom was knocked out in the first quarter Sunday, and still take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to OT in Green Bay, this feels like a moral victory. If they'd been able to pull this off, this would have been one of Belichick's biggest wins as New England head coach. I, I don't put it past Super Bowl 36. I wouldn't have put it past, you know, the Buffalo game last year in December. But if they had been able to pull it off, if they had been able to find a way, would have been not too far removed. No Mac, Hoyer gone after like five minutes. No Jalen Mills, Jacoby Myers, Lawrence Guy. But it all came down to a Mason Crosby kick, 31-yarder end of the extra session and Green Bay walks away with a 27-24 win. We got the stat leaders here. Hoyer left after going five for six for 37 yards. Zappi was 10 for 15 for 99 yards and a touchdown to Devontae Parker. The running game, which came up huge this afternoon, had 167 yards on the ground. Harris, 18 carries, 86 yards. Ramondre Stevenson, 14 carries, 66 yards. Stevenson also had a team high four catches for 23 yards. Nelson Aguilar had three receptions for 46 yards. And Devontae Parker, two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Five lead changes, two ties. Game ends 27-24, Green Bay. The Patriots fall to one in three on the season. All right, let's run this one down. The running game looked good early. There were good gains on the ground. Harris had eight yards on one of his pickups. Win looked good when it came to run blocking. That's good news. More on win, though, in a second. Hoyer stayed in, took a serious hit on an early play-action pass for Aguilar. They used play-action, in my experience, more than usual in the early going. I wonder if that's a game-playing thing or if it was a Hoyer thing or what. And I wonder if we'll see it more going forward. We did see more of it when Zappi was in there in the second half. It ended with a field goal and a 3 nothing lead. Folk makes another one, 58 straight, inside the 50-yard in, line. Just so, so good, so consistent. The end of a positive, steady drive for the New England offense on the road. The defense started strong early as well. Green Bay's second play from scrimmage, Jack Jones forced to fumble, picked up the ball. It was a great start. He gave New England the ball in Green Bay territory roughly midway through the first quarter. Just a good start if you're looking for good complementary football. Stevenson really right now is the primary pass catching option out of the backfield. They don't have a traditional third down back since James White retired. But he had a nice pickup on the second series on second down, including today. He now has 11 catches for 57 yards at good enough for third on the team when it comes to overall receptions. I mean, he's not Kevin Falk, but considering what they have, it's okay. Now, Stevenson really just, it, it feels like he has a better connection. Harris had some catches and it had some catches over the course of the year, but Stevenson right now just has a better style, better feel, better connection with the quarterback, particularly in the open field. Hoyer gets knocked out and heads to the locker room. He wouldn't play the rest of the way. Green Bay started nicely in the early going, but Judon delivered a big sack on third down, had a sack, his first four games, matching Andre Tippett. Had a very good, he's had a very good year so far. Both he and Wise on the edge have played very, very well. We're going to talk more about them in a second. 
Zappi would ultimately come on with 225 left in the first quarter. They couldn't do anything thanks in part because of win. And again, he was off the mark on one pass that he had for Stevenson. Now, Wynn picked up the hat trick there in the first half. He allowed a sack, picked up a false start, and then was flagged for a holding penalty, all on consecutive plays. Simply put, this is not sustainable. He was tied with the league lead in penalties coming into this weekend. He had four through three games. Led the team in penalties last year. Now, part of this was a game plan thing. Lean on the run, but he had a bodyguard with him on his hip for a large part of the afternoon in the form of Marcus Cannon, who was the extra blocker in the heavy formation. I wonder if those roles might be flipped now moving forward. You move Cannon to the tackle spot and use Win as the jumbo tight end. Look, it's just some food for thought. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about Win's troubles a little bit later on. Second quarter, Bailey delivered a great punt, kicking it back to the Packers, but New England got hosed on a horse collar tackle flag that really wasn't. The Packers got the ball at midfield, and they took it back for touchdown. Take a 7-3 lead with 13 minutes left in the first half. Christian Watson delivered a run around left end for the score. The two sides went back and forth till there were about two minutes left in the first half. Marcus Jones had a nice punt return. They got the Patriots into Green Bay territory with about three minutes to go before halftime. Stevenson had a couple of nice games, but win again. Gave up third down sack on Gary, who knocked the ball out, and the Packers recovered. It was another bad play for win. That was the ninth giveaway on the year for the Patriots, the most for a New England team through four games since 1994, the first four games since 1994. But Jack Jones, who played very, very well, delivered an absolute thunderbolt, a pick six, the biggest defensive play of the season, at least through the first four games. Just a great anticipatory play by the rookie, Leading a secondary, didn't have Jalen Mills. Big play and a big moment for the rookie, the Patriots, to make it 10-7 heading into halftime. If you're a regular listener or a reader, you know my feelings about the defensive lapses this team has had in the last two minutes of the first half. We saw it against Miami. We saw it against Pittsburgh. Not this time. A really excellent play by Jones that gave the Patriots a little bit of momentum. Start of the third quarter. Green Bay gets a big third down on their first series of pass play to Lazard that went for 32 yards. I believe that was the longest play from scrimmage to that point in the afternoon. Green Bay converted to fourth and one. Patriots got a couple of red zone stops, but Green Bay ended up taking a lead, 14-10 lead, with a 20-yard dart from Rodgers to Tanya. Just a really impressive play. Makes it 14-10 with 9-20 left in the third. And you're thinking, you know, maybe this is where things start to head south for the Patriots. But no, great answer. On the next drive, Zappi and the Patriots, a drive ended with a touchdown pass from Zappi to Parker, a 25-yarder. New England caught a huge break because the play clock ran to zero before the TD pass. I like what Eric at home of uh, NFL media said, that it actually looked like it was going into negative numbers. But whatever. It wasn't a great afternoon for the referees, and that's kind of a side story, but Patriots again caught a break. It was a great pass from Zappi to Parker. Makes it 17-14, seven plays, 75 yards, and even though the pass was the play that capped off the drive, the Patriots scored in large part thanks to the ground game. Harris picked up great yardage on the ground, looked as good as he did, and the ground game looked as good as it did since the end of the Pittsburgh game. Ultimately, New England as a team ran for 167 yards on the ground, 5.1 yards per carry average. There's some questions about the state of this offense. There are none when it comes to the overall ground attack. Now, Green Bay... And Aaron Rodgers would answer with a field goal to tie it at 17 at the end of the third. The Patriots avoided a too many men on the field call. Belichick smartly caught it and called a timeout, forced them to kick the field goal. Now the second great drive of the second half for New England came at the start of the fourth. 
when Harris took it in from five yards out to make it 24-17 with 11-14 to go in regulation, 66 plays, 66 yards, I'm sorry, 66 yards, seven plays. They ran it six of the seven plays. Again, leaning on that ground game. And four members of the offensive line played really well. And we can include five if you want to toss Marcus Cannon into the mix there. And look, are we going to have a conversation about Cole Strange? Does anyone want to have a conversation about Cole Strange anymore? Anyone? The value of that first round pick playing very, very well. Go back and watch that drive. The way he was a mauler. He's not Logan Mankins, but you can see the career arc with a guy like that. Now, of course, Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, he responded at home, led Green Bay on a scoring drive. Rodgers had his 500th career touchdown pass to Dobbs. That tied the game at 24 with 614 to go in regulation. Dobbs and Rodgers, a really nice connection at the expense of Jonathan Jones. Now, the two teams went back and forth. The Patriots went three and out. Dobbs couldn't hold on to a ball and pass play in the end zone, so Green Bay ended up punting. The Patriots couldn't get a score at the end of regulation. They got it back with just over two minutes to go, or just under two minutes to go in regulation. They couldn't make it work, so they went to the extra session. Now, in overtime, Judon with a great play right there in the third down situation, getting pressure on Rodgers, making him throw the ball away. New England got the ball after a punt. Patriots couldn't respond, had to kick it away in Rodgers. Then, you know, he ducked into the phone booth and came out dressed as Superman. 12 plays, 77 yards. It took 647. Ended with a 31-yarder from Mason Crosby. That finished the ballgame. Stuff I liked. Bailey Zappi. Now, the guy's first official snap of the afternoon came inside the five-yard line. Talk about being thrown into it. I really thought he handled it about as well as he could have handled it, especially with wins gaffes on that initial series. He would end up going 10 for 15 for 99 yards with one touchdown, the 25-yarder to Parker in the second half. He didn't throw an interception, lost the ball once. It was lots of safe stuff, runs, quick passes, not a lot of deep shots. They had him on the run a bit. As long as pass play the game, again, was the, the toss to Parker. There was some moving around in the pocket. Now, I don't know if that was nervousness. I don't know if that was designed, but he looked natural throwing on the run. He and Aguilar had a, a misfire near midfield, roughly about 10 or so minutes left in the second quarter. That would have been a nice connection. But other than that, there were really not a lot of problems with his throws. He took care of the football. He didn't turn it over except for the fumble. And he had them in the game at the end. He was, and this is another interesting thing to note, and it's worth passing along when you consider his overall body of work on Sunday against the Packers. He was exclusively in the gun in college and he started the game under center. He played an awful lot under center. I don't know the statistical breakdown, at least right now, but for a first career, I don't even call it a start, but for really his first career NFL action, wasn't bad. And again, you know, under the circumstances, I'm going to put him under the, the stuff I like category. Marcus Jones, I don't think there are any questions about his ability to work as a return man. He had two opportunities as a punt returner, 49 yards, averaged 24.5 yards per return, had four kick returns, averaged 27.8 yards per kick return. Those are excellent numbers. Tilted the field for New England on more than one occasion. This is a guy who was a bit of a stud when it comes to special teams at the University of Houston. He should have this job now full-time. I don't want to see Miles Bryant. I don't want to see anyone else out there. This is your return man the rest of the way. Other stuff I like, Ramondre Stevenson. 
I don't think I've ever seen a running game like this in New England, one with two guys who are equally adept at running between the tackles. Stevenson and Harris allow them to be able to win the line of scrimmage with a running game on a consistent basis. They're shortening the game, something they have to do with this offense, especially with a guy like Zappi under center. Look, they're not going to win a lot of games 35-31. They're just not equipped to do that. The running game is going to lead the way for this team in a lot of instances. In, in it almost allowed them to pull off the you know the the upset today, and we'll call it an upset because Green Bay was favored by almost ten going into the game. Right now, Damian Harris on the season, fifty three carries, two hundred forty six yards, averaging four point six yards per touch, three touchdowns. Stevenson, forty three carries, two hundred eleven yards, four point nine yards per carry with one touchdown on the season. Those are excellent numbers for a running game. And if you can get anything out of the passing game, anything at all, then you are where you need to be offensively. And I'm going to be interested to see, obviously, we're all going to be interested to see next week when it comes to Detroit, if Mac Jones is going to be able to play, if Brian Hoyer is going to be able to play, if Bailey Zappi is going to be able to play, and how the Patriots are going to approach that. But I think we've answered some of the questions through four games about the state of this offense and what the strength of this offense is right now. It's clearly the running game, and they showed it today against the Packers. A couple of other things that I liked, the defense. Green Bay ran just nine plays in the first quarter. That's emblematic of good complementary football. Now, look, Rodgers was sluggish. He really wasn't Rodgers until the, the second half. He ended up going 21 for 35 for 251 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But the defense was really good early on. And, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously we mentioned Judon, we mentioned Jack Jones, a couple of the guys really rose to the occasion early. Now, Jack Jones had a forced fumble, fumble recovery, played some really aggressive coverage outside with no mills. He was punching the ball a lot on the day. Something, sometimes it was to the detriment of his tackling. Dobbs ended up with a bigger gain in the third quarter than he might usually have had because Jones was kind of riding him, trying to knock the ball out. But all in all, it was good. It was a good afternoon for the rookie. It was a good afternoon really across the board for the Patriots rookies who did play. The Packers, specifically Jones, were able to get to the outside a couple of times, but for the most part, it was good Sunday. The edge defense was good, and it's been pretty good all year. Judon and Wise have played really well. And again, look, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Bailey Zappi, Cole Strange. I, I think they all acquitted themselves really well on Sunday against Green Bay. Was it enough to get them a win? No, but you know, you, you have to like through four games, the performance of these four rookies. Last thing here that I liked, 95% of the offensive game plan. Now look, you can blame a lot on Joe Judge and Matt Patricia over the course of the first four games. Whoever was the play caller for Zappi on Sunday, Judge, Patricia, Belichick, whoever, that it, it worked. They ran a tight, controlled offense with a rookie in there. They leaned on the ground game. They leaned on some of the other guys around them, some of the playmakers. They got a good performance out of Stevenson and Harris and Aguilar. And it almost worked. Kind of ran out of gas toward the end of the game. But look, it almost worked for the kid. Stuff that I didn't like. I liked 95% of the offensive game plan. I didn't like 5% of it. Get Kendrick Bourne out there. Stop yanking him around. He had two catches on three targets for 27 yards. Get him out there. Let him run. Get him in space. Find a way to get the ball in his hands. He's a playmaker. Use him. Use him accordingly. This guy's a talent. Other stuff I didn't like, Isaiah Wynn. We've gone over all this before with Wynn. I, I just don't know how it's sustainable with him. 
at that tackle spot moving forward. And again, I don't know if you have to flip him for Marcus Cannon. And you like what you have in Cannon. But you don't really have a lot of depth at the position. Right now, Marcus Cannon is probably your best option at that tackle spot opposite Trent Brown. The run defense, it feels like they got overwhelmed at times by the Green Bay ground game. As good as the Patriots were able to perform when it came to running the ball, the Packers were better. Jones had 110 yards on the afternoon, averaged 6.9 yards every time he touched the ball. Dylan had 73 yards, averaged 4.3 yards a carry. Green Bay as a team, 35 carries for 199 yards and a touchdown on the ground. I know the Packers leaned on it a lot throughout the afternoon. Jones is a real legit talent, but the strength of the New England defense was on the edges and, you know, really on the back end. The Packers got the better of them more often than not along the inside. Now, part of it was probably because Lawrence guy wasn't in there. I also think part of it, too, is, you know, your your number one defensive priority when you're facing the Packers is trying to slow Aaron Rodgers, not so much trying to slow that ground game. And so I think the focus was more on the passing game. And I think the numbers reflected that over the course of the afternoon. But look, that's just, you know, what it is at the end of the day. All right, moving forward. Patriots are one and three. They're in the basement of the AFC East. Their next five games, the Lions, Browns, Bears, Jets, and Colts. They're currently, as of Sunday night, according to Bet Online, Patriots are two-point favorites when it comes to their matchup with Detroit next weekend, Sunday at 1, Sunday, October 9th at 1 o'clock at Gillette Stadium. Detroit's one and three. The Browns are two and two. The Bears are two and two. The Jets are two and two. And the Colts are one, two and one right now. That's a combined record of eight, 11 and one when you look at their next five opponents. They don't play a team over 500 the next five games. In fact, they don't play a team over 500 until Thanksgiving when they play Minnesota. And obviously things are going to change between now and then, but we're just talking about the schedule right now as it exists in this moment. If they're going to do anything this year, they need to do it now specifically between now and Thanksgiving. The opportunity is there. They're one and three in this moment in the basement of the AFC East. But you know what? They have a chance. They have a chance to compete. They have a chance to make some noise in the AFC. And if they're going to do it, they have to do it now. Because starting in December, there's the Bills, the Bengals, two games against the Bills, and the Bengals, Cardinals, I'm going to beat the Raiders, even though it is in Las Vegas, in Miami. So if you're going to be anything this season, if you're going to make your mark on the 2022 schedule, now's the time to do it if you're the Patriots. So again, I'm going to be fascinated to see how this team reacts going forward to this one, particularly the quarterback position. Are we going to see Mac Jones? Is he going to be ready to go come Sunday against the Lions? We're going to see Brian Hoyer. We're going to see Bailey Zappi. Had Zappi done enough? to be considered maybe the new number two on this roster? I think that's a perfectly legitimate question, given his performance for much of the afternoon Sunday against the Packers. We are going to talk about that and much more moving forward. We have our usual weekly podcast. We're back this week. I'm back this week with LG. We're going to record on Tuesday. And I have to believe sometime between now and next Sunday, we're going to connect with the guys from the Believe in Lions podcast to talk about the Patriots against Detroit Sunday, October 9th at 1 o'clock at Gillette Stadium. Again, New England loses this one, 27-24. It's a much better loss than maybe the other two we've seen earlier on, earlier this season. Where do they go from here? We'll see. But again, we here at the Patriots Report are going to cover it for you each and every step of the way. 
One quick reminder before we go, go check out the Believe store, shop.believe.com. They got a lot of Patriots merchandise there you're going to want to check out. And make sure you pick us up later this week, wherever you get your podcasts, for my weekly chat with LeGarrette Blunt. Until then, hope everyone has a good couple of days, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.